Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Job Logs, a podcast that features candid conversations with young professionals about work, life, and everything in between. Hi, I'm Joy Marie. And I'm Courtney. And this is Job Logs. Welcome back. Yes. Another Monday. Another Monday. Um, we're so glad to have you guys listening. As you know, you can always connect with us at Job Logs around the world, the web, the worldwide web. Um, <laughs> or at Job Logs on social media. We're always here for some dialogue. Yeah, and we're ready to dive in another session of Candid Career Conversations. Candid Career Conversations. I really like this episode. I think it's right on time. Yeah. So, you know, we have had a little group chat going um, in the wake of a lot of the recent events and tragedies from Dalton Sterling, general police brutality in the U.S., Nice attacks, conflict in South Sudan. It feels like the list just goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. um, and we really want to talk about how to deal how to like take care of yourself during times like this when it just seems like the world is just all gone to hell right so we're going to talk about coping with uh tragedy at home navigating politics in the workplace um so i think we are going to be really beneficial yeah yeah you know it'll i don't think we'll get hot and heavy but we got some really exciting people joining us for the dialogue to talk about taking care of yourself and navigating all of this at work right. so stay tuned but first, clock in. Clock in. So if you've been listening or if you're new, you know, we always start our episodes with a little check-in to see how we're doing. And I think now more than ever, really want to kind of take the time to see what's going on with you, Courtney. How you doing? I'm doing actually pretty well, which is like everyone's <laughs> like sinking for the depression around me. <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. But um, still you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I had a tough beginning of the year. I had mm. a death in my family end of April. And I think I didn't realize till this week um, how hard it was to get through because in my yeah. mind I was thinking I'm not like in the bed. Like mm. I'm going through the day. Mm. So I must be fine. Mm. <laughs> and I think like going to Essence Fest, getting out of town, I came back and had a cold which like relegated me to rest and like slow down. Mm. And I think kind of that combination like kind of helped me reset. Yeah. So I'm looking back and was like, oh, just because I was keeping up, up with about, the yeah. schedule, like, yeah. that doesn't mean doesn't that mean you're you doing well. Good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how do you know you're not doing well at times like that, though? Like, how I know. do you? I know. And it's weird because just like everyone deals with things differently. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Child, we just getting through the day. Yeah. Breathing. Well, you know, I'm glad to see you up and about. It's like uh, you're kind of channeling the energy I need right now. So <laughs> yes, feeding off of that. Yes, I love it. I'll I love share. it. I'll share. What about you? You have podcast movement. Yes. Yes. I so facilitated proud. a panel at Podcast Movement, which is exactly what it sounds like, a conference for podcasters <laughs> in Chicago. It went very, very well. 
Um, it was great. I had amazing panelists from Bononi to Brittany. Google it. Look it up. They're, they're all amazing um, professionals in the podcast space. And uh, kind of my biggest takeaway was, like, all of the awesome networking mm-hmm. that I got out of it. So I met some really cool people. I'm hopefully going to facilitate some meetings and get some things going for job logs. But all in all, really, really awesome time. Plus, Essence Fest was that we went to Essence Fest together. So fun. Along with Aaron, um, who's been on the show in the past a couple times. But it was just like exactly what Mm -hmm. I needed when I needed it. So I'm feeling super great. Good. Renewed. Yes, renewed. We had our our group chat, I feel like. was the greatest thing to come out of that. So I, I definitely have a bunch of different group chats, but, like, you, me, and Aaron started one, I guess, sometime after Essence. And yeah. that's been fun. That's really been kind of getting me through the days. So appreciate y'all. Oh, always. Yeah. You know, some something else, though, um, I feel like with everything that's going on, I don't know what it is, but I would say this is the first time where I felt... You know, I felt, like, angered at a lot of the injustice in the world in Mm -hmm. the past, along with, you know, a lot of other people, along with a lot of the rest of the black community, um, to be specific. But this time around, I'm feeling very—like, every day I kind of wake up infuriated. Mm. And I don't—I'm not sure yet where to channel those feelings or what to um, do with them. That's, like, James Baldwin quote that— um, I'm going to paraphrase, but to be like black and woke is basically to be in a state of constant. Rage. Yes, <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how I yeah. feel. So for the first time, I can say honestly in my life, like that's like consuming me on a daily mm. basis. So I'm trying to like temper it back where I can. Yeah, because you can't fix everything. But I also want to positively channel that into something productive. And I don't know what that looks like. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Because I think the flip side for me is I was feeling that during, like, the Trayvon Martin, the Eric Mm. Garner stuff that happened. And this time it's almost a little disconcerting because Mm. how much it's almost it's not a numbness, but Mm. it's just like I can't even I'm so just I don't know. Like, I can't even get myself riled up because I'm just so over the whole process. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely had periods like that, and I think all of those emotions are valid, and all of those stages are valid, and you yeah. have different people that are called to to work on different causes yeah. at different times, yeah. and we're I, all necessary. Yeah, and I think the one of the greatest things I've heard, and I want to take it more to heart, is that, like, everyone's activism looks differently. Yes. It's not always just out on the sidewalk. Like, think about, like, what your talents and your gifts are, yes. and you can apply that to uh, um, help us get get there for yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i really i want y'all to stop policing people's yeah. responses on social media i want you to stop looking to certain people to speak up i think it starts with us and i think also you never know what people are doing or feeling behind the right. scenes you also never know as we talk about kind of caring for yourself in this episode you never know what triggers set mm. people off and what space they are in their lives yeah. so it's not fair to kind of expect everyone to kind of be on the same page as you but yeah. Yeah, lots of thoughts. <laughs> That's where I'm at. All right. So we're going to have more of a well-being focused rant stories and reviews. This mm-hmm. is the part of the show where we just name people, places, things, whatever is helping or hindering our professional lives. Yeah. Paying it forward. Yep. 
So, Joy, what are, what are you talking about today? I'm raving today. I've kind of already alluded to this group chat, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really raving around vent buddies, people who you could talk to, get it out, get that yes. frustration out, share your opinions and perspectives without judgment, and have healthy dialogue. So for me right now, that looks like our group chat, which we already mm-hmm. talked about, very healing space, but also my sorority listserv. Um, we all go on there, support each other, share different triumphs, life milestones, yeah. different things like that. Um, and then lastly, I joined a book club. So I'm in a social justice book club. Very, very woke. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're reading the new Jim Crow right now. And it's just a good space to, you know, we have a Facebook group, too. And then we oh, meet nice. in person. I haven't been to a, a meeting yet. But mm-hmm. it's a good space to, like, just kind of get angry together, <laughs> get it out, yes. have some educated, informed dialogue mm-hmm. and you know just kind of air it out so, some community yeah so get you some vent buddies do what you have to do in this time release to stay sane yes. what about you for me i'm doing a two for one this week my first is a rave of facebook's unfollow feature okay just find <laughs> walk with me to the corner the right corner of any post in your feed oh gosh there's a little arrow drop down <laughs> menu and you can click unfollow that way you don't have to unfriend them because sometimes mm. it's your cousin yeah sometimes oh, okay. it's you know i mean i'm not naming names. talk about it sometimes <laughs> And so you can maintain the status and they'll yes. never know that you never see anything they yes, post. Yes, I do that all the just, time. <laughs> there's, oh God, I just can't. Like, I can't. Sometimes just seeing something will infuriate. Okay, triggers. 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 Listen, <laughs> it's perfectly okay to take care of yourself and remove the negativity. Let it go. And then the other thing is I'm really enjoying some escapism. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with unplugging from the news and mm. just enjoying a little drama of the artificial variety that's okay. purely for entertainment. What are we talking so about? So my favorite shows that I have dived into, one is Greenleaf on OWN, oh, Mother Oprah. Okay, if you grew up in church, then you know church drama is the best drama. Oh, oh my gosh, I clutch my pearls. <laughs> Every time I watch this show, I love it. Greenleaf. Yes. Okay. It's basically a soap opera in a church. I love it. Okay. Um, for my Hulu brothers and sisters, The Path. <laughs> the Path. The Path. Okay. It's about this, like, guy who's in a cult, but he doesn't know he's in a cult. So it just uh, drama. Again. Okay. Ascend the ladder yes. if you watch The Path. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. And okay. then finally, a last few are Unreal on Lifetime. Unreal. Yeah, that's about these women producers on a reality show. They're horrible people. It's a reality show? It's about the making of a reality oh, show. Oh, wow. So you get the reality show, show drama and then you get behind <laughs> the scenes drama. Epic, epic. I love it. I love this. So just, you know, watch some not trash TV, not so trash TV, do whatever what you, you want to do, do. To unplug, but it is perfectly okay. Yes. I support it. Love it. All right, next we have a special treat for you guys. Our beloved Melissa Kimball is on the line. The Melissa Kimball. The Melissa Kimball. Come on. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Melissa. 
No, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited. Well, if you don't know, you're about to find out. Melissa is a Chicago-based social media strategist and writer, blogger who believes in using social media for good through education and empowerment. By day, she is senior social media manager at Ebony Magazine, and she is the founder and... Oh, I like that, Joy. Yes, founder and fire behind the Black Creatives (laughs) Movement. Um, You can find them on Twitter at Black Creatives, that's B-L-K Creatives, and BlackCreatives.com. Yes. Welcome, Melissa. Yes. Thank you again. Excited to be here. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, today we're, we're tackling kind of remaining productive, taking care of yourself um, through really difficult kind of tragic events that are happening around you. And I know you talk about this a lot with the Black Creatives community. Um, and you share a lot of, of messages that have inspired me personally, Courtney and myself personally, um, mm-hmm. on Twitter, social media, through your your channels as well. So what, you know, when when it feels kind of like an emotional landmine around you, Definitely. so much going on around the world, so much going on um, within your space, how do you take care of yourself? Oh, um, that's a great question. I, you know, like you said, with everything that is going on in our world, Um, on our communities, even on the smallest scale, it's very easy to kind of get caught up in everything that's going on. Um, just because, you know, we're human, like, right. Like we, we see these things, we want to help. We um, often kind of say like, you know, what is it that I can do or why am I not doing enough? Um, and it's just easy to just get caught up in this never ending cycle of just tragedy and trauma. So it's just very important to be mindful um, you know, of of yourself and your body. So I think that's one of the, the first things is that it definitely does start with awareness and really paying attention to, you know, how do you feel when you're mm. scrolling down, you know, your timeline and you see tweet and tweet and tweet after, you know, one after the other of either a tragedy or someone's opinion about a tragedy mm. or someone's opinion about a trauma. And the thing with social, with digital, with just the internet age that we live in is that it's so difficult um, to not see these things. So I think the the first step would be to definitely just give yourself that permission to unplug. Like, believe it or not, there is an entire world outside of Twitter, outside (laughs) of the internet. It can be hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, and it, it doesn't stop. So you, you mm. really have to give yourself that leeway, that space to say, you know what, today I'm not going to really log into Facebook. I mean, well, I understood if it's for like work purposes and of right. course you can't do right. it. But I think if you, especially if you are a professional who works in the media industry, um, you just really have to be mindful of those opportunities that you do have to unplug. So maybe it's once, you know, you get off work or yeah. even just take breaks and things during the day to kind of, you know, walk around and, and clear your mind and get away from it. Because, you know, as much as, you know, internet runs our culture right now, yeah. it really is choice. Yeah. And also, like, mm-hmm. I love that you said that because I feel like there's a lot of, for a lot of people, there's a lot of guilt associated with Definitely. wanting to kind of step away mm-hmm. from things that are happening because you just see it's impacting so many people around you and you want to stay involved. But I think it's so real. You have to take care of yourself. And also, I love that you said audit how you feel when you see 
those messages and those tweets because, mm-hmm. you know, on my timeline, I can go from seeing pictures of cats to somebody's <laughs> career milestone to a literal video of somebody being slain by a police officer. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not a good experience for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, like you said, really taking a look at how you feel mm-hmm. and reacting accordingly. Yeah, and it's it's really important, too, I think, to know, you know, what you just said about having guilt about stepping away from these things because, you know, again, these things are going on in real life, right? These are things that are not taking place on the Internet. The Internet is just a a medium for the information to come through. Mm. So I think once you start to put it into that perspective, then and I think you can kind of start to really cope with it and learn, yeah. um, you know, how to work through it. Because we, I'm sure we all feel that guilt, like, oh God, if I don't share, you know, mm-hmm. this post or if I don't retweet this, you know, Black Lives Matter message, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not like, you know, what I'm saying, like, I'm not like a, a socially conscious yeah. person. Like, yeah. Oh, but you, again, the internet, it's a choice. You don't yeah. owe anyone anything, and just because you're not sharing on the internet or you're not feeding into what's going on in the internet on the internet doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, one, you're not connected to it or that you don't care. Yeah. We can show care. We can show empathy. We can show compassion in other ways. Then we also have to look at too, there are people, you know, while there's a lot of tragedy and trauma in our world right now, there are still, you know, people on an everyday basis in our own lives, whether it be in our own families or friends that we know or people in our community who are dealing with their own tragedies and trauma. Mm, And we can't neglect what's going, literally what's going on at home Mm. for what's going on in the world. And so Mm. if you are, you know, in a situation or in just a time in your life right now where, you know, you may be losing family members or someone you may know, you know, maybe going through a difficult time, you know, use this, this time too, to, to take care of, of those issues yeah. because just as much as we need, you know, love and support around the world, we also need that in our own lives, yeah, you know, families and communities. So we definitely can't forget about that. And I think it's so interesting how the news can impact like your creative creativity mm. and your productivity. Because I know Melissa with Black Creatives, you talk to like thousands of creatives all the time. Over ten thousand. Over ten thousand. Y'all need to be you. talking to Melissa, okay? <laughs> But it's interesting, like, sometimes, like, these trials can, like, really just infuse your work with a new energy when you do creative. Sometimes it can completely deplete it. Mm. So I wonder, like, from your community, like, how are people responding um, with their work? We actually did a Black Creatives chat on the 11th about, um, you know, mental health issues and Mm. creativity, especially because, again, with all the trauma, the tragedy, um, it's just definitely something we have to to stay on on top of mind of because, you know, our lives can't stop because there's so much tragedy and trauma going on in the world. Um, And so, you know, it's been really great to see the community really use, you know, their their creative um, abilities to to, well, for one, to kind of express mm. what's going on. Um, I think it was Nina Simone that said that the artist's job is to reflect the time. Yes. Mm. And so to see so many different creatives create, you know, whether it be content, whether it be, you know, um, artwork yeah. or poetry yeah. or writing or things like that. Um, you know, Tracy G, she just did, you know, a podcast episode um, 
with Tax Stone, and they talked about the Black Lives Matter movement and mm-hmm. just everything that's going on. And then she also turned around because she does a lot of um, just self-talk work and personal development work, you know, put out an affirmation board that can kind of help people cope mm-hmm. with a lot of the trauma and tragedy. So mm-hmm. things um, like that. Um, and also seeing a lot of creators kind of just use their talents to help, um, you know, other people. So just yeah. create spaces where, um, you know, people can get together and have brunches or people yeah. can get mm-hmm. together and have events or panels or discussions. I love that. Um, to remind people to just um, to take care of themselves. We all owe that to each other. So I think it's it's great that, you know, people are just really trying to do what they can with where they are to remind other people to do the same. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, we've talked about unplugging. We've talked about connecting with community. We've talked about, you know, whether you're channeling those feelings to create or, you know, recognizing that it's depleting you and stepping away. But I think also before you can take care of the world around you, you have to take care of yourself physically. You know, you need to eat. Remember to eat well, y'all. Remember to exercise (laughs) and stay active. Like, it sounds simple, but you have to take care of yourself. Yeah, and I think it's just cultivating joy for yourself. One of the things I love, I horrible, I have dropped the ball on this, but in the book, The Artist's Way, uh, one of the things that they recommend is taking yourself on an artist date, where it's Mm. like you treat yourself like one of those I like art girls (laughs) and just do something that's like a museum. Go to Mm. one of those, like, paint and play places and Mm. just do something that's just really fun yeah. treat yourself to therapeutic that. yeah well melissa this was amazing thank you for joining us and kind of sharing a couple of ways that we can continue to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. for all of our black creatives and allies and community <laughs> and friends yeah, come please on in. connect with the black creatives community that for me has been a therapeutic outlet uh, Melissa hosts monthly Twitter chats. Uh, she has a really engaged community of over 10,000 people. So whoever you're looking yeah, to connect with. Yeah, just click the hashtag. Like, it, yes. don't even wait for the next chat. Like, it's some gems in there. <laughs> yes. Yes, thank you so much, ladies. It's, again, an honor to be a part of, you know, what you all are doing. And just grateful just to have you both and just the Job Logs community and as a part of our community as well. Like, yes. just having conversations like this means a lot. So thank you. Absolutely. Sure. Thank you, Melissa. It is that wonderful time of the episode, the time where we address your listener questions. This is Ask Job Logs. You can submit your questions to us at any time at joblogs.com slash askjoblogs. And we got a a couple of good ones today. Cool. So I'm going to start with, are we using her name? Yes. Okay. <laughs> she said two. I don't know if we should. You know what? Let's change it. Okay. I'm going to. Because y'all be sending in your names, and I read the question, and it's just like, should you use your name? Right, her name is this. Robin Gibbons. Robin Gibbons. <laughs> hey, Robin. Um, she says, hi, ladies. Love your podcast. So relieved to hear such strong female voices in this area. Oh, thank thank you. you, Robin. Um, she's writing today because I'm feeling stuck where I am. And I'm just not sure what to do about it. I run a family business, and I was stepping in for three months because my mom had some serious medical issues. Mm. It turned out that the business was in really bad shape. I stayed on to help now for six and a half years. Mm. She's fully recovered, and the business has grown with my help and is sustaining itself, which is an amazing feeling. But it's a lot of work. The pay is terrible, and I really don't want to work 80 hours a week for sometimes no money. Love my parents and our 10 employees, but I also have a young family of my own to worry about. Mm. 
And we're going to have to leave the business. I'll be putting everything we work so hard for in jeopardy. We're probably still three years away from making a profit. And that long until I can take home pay that feels anywhere near worth it at all. Mm -hmm. And also, if I leave, I'm forfeiting all that I've invested in time over the past years when I've delayed pay or put things on personal credit cards and pay for out-of-pocket any advice. Wow. That's tough because it's family (laughs) and business. Lots of things happening here. Um, The first thing I would say to you, Ms. Givens, is, you know, what do you want for your life? And where Um, do you see, where do you see your life in 10 years? Because while, you know, I think it's super admirable that you've stepped in and you've helped out your family and you've worked for their business. You're sacrificing your own goals. Mm -hmm. You said you have a young family of your own. You're sacrificing time from them, things that you could be doing and investing in to build your future. So really you're building your family's future right now and neglecting your own. Yeah. Uh, You know, as I just said to my friend this week, there's no glory in being a martyr. Mm. So it's like... There's, like, there's nothing just before you to say, like, you're putting yourself down. Like, mm. there's no prize for that. Yeah. So, like, you have to, if you want something, you really have to kind of stand up and advocate for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, I, I can't give you advice here. I don't think anybody can. But I would say search within yourself and mm-hmm. think about where you, what you want your life to look like. And in 10 years, are you going to look back and regret the time that you wasted? Because time is our most valuable asset. You can't get it back. So, you know, if you have a family, if you have dreams and aspirations of your own, pursue them. There's no shame in mm-hmm. stepping away. It doesn't have to be a clean break. You can say, hey, what I'm going to do is help out once a month or I'm going to start to transition out. I can find you guys replacement help. I can work with you to train another team. I can contribute X hours a week, but no more. There's yeah. no shame in, in, you know, continuing to lend that help, but it sounds like a cycle that you'll be stuck in yeah. perpetuity if you don't create yeah. a plan and I be think it's like you have to get real with each other and figure out, like, what are the goals for this family business? What are my goals? And then how can we compromise between the two? Like, mm. what's the, because not everything's black and white. Like, what's right. the gray area that I can still help? Help. Right. It could be strategic. You yeah. can help with finances, mm-hmm. like partnership, whatever. Um, I don't know the nature of the business, but I think bottom line is you got to put yourself first at some point. Mm-hmm. So good luck. Good luck <laughs> Keep us that. posted. We have another question. This one comes from Anonymous. Anonymous. Hey, gals. First, just wanted to thank you guys for this podcast because it's been really encouraging for me to listen to while I'm at a job that is creatively draining. Mm. I'm a Brooklyn girl originally, so I feel very much at home when I hear you guys talking about New York City. My husband and I are currently trying to move to Seattle, and I've had a really difficult time finding graphic design jobs out there. I've been applying for months but haven't gotten a response. Do you know any advice for applying to jobs out of state? I'm wondering if I should lie about my address and use a friend's address instead. Done that. I'm also worried that the graphic design market is way oversaturated with more experienced designers, and it's making it hard for the rest of us junior slash mid-level designers to break in. Any advice you have would be great. Keep doing your thing. Yeah, so <laughs> this is tr- – it's so hard looking for work out of town, especially out be. of state. It can yeah, be. Yeah, especially depending on the industry, and I would say creative design industries that mm-hmm. are oversaturated are more difficult for yes. sure. So right away, yes, on faking the address. I, <laughs> I did that for New York when I moved here. I think I did too. Mm-hmm. I um, had interned in New York City 
while I was in college. And so I used my friend's address where I stayed when I started applying for full-time jobs yeah, as so well. Yeah, so I would hop on that Bolt bus from D.C. Yes. whenever I would get a hook. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that's real. Yeah, so I mean, I support that as well. I also, because you mentioned that it was a creative industry, we called up a friend um, who was a user experience designer, Jeremy Williams. Hi, Jeremy. To ask for his advice. And he said, he recommended, yes, use someone else's address. (laughs) Pretend you're already in Seattle because nobody's paying for relocation, his words. (laughs) Um, And unless you already have a network there, it definitely will be difficult. So, like, you know, mm. managing expectations that this journey is going to be tough in, in this specific industry, but it's doable. Um, so what I would say is, like, really start to get, if Seattle's your goal, start to take on the Seattle mindset. See what communities or associations you can join yeah. that are Seattle-based. See what listservs you can hop Would you on. recommend, like, the informational interview? Yes. Yeah. So I would, I would actually, as a strategy, recommend booking a couple of trips out to Seattle, mm-hmm. maybe go out there for a week at a time or a couple of days, whatever you can, you know, hack. Um, and then set up some meetings around the times that you're out there because you want to start to build that network there and yeah. start to have those roots there. You basically want to apply the same strategies you would to applying to any job in terms of getting to know people, doing informationals, getting to know different industries, and also asking people to give you introductions. Like ask people to introduce you to other people on their own network yeah. so that you're not doing double the work of trying to yeah. learn all of these contacts. Um but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. It, the timing might not be what you anticipate. So I would say definitely remain flexible. Yeah. You might end up, you know, right outside of Seattle or or something like yeah. that. But be or open. like maybe in a, to get out there, you may take a position that's kind of adjacent to the field mm. that you want to. Maybe like slightly tweaked, but it's like in, Just get in the get building, there. like yes. get to the place. Yes, absolutely. Best of luck to you. Keep us posted. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We have another anonymous. Um, They say, hello, I'm a rising senior in college, and I'm currently working at an internship doing basic data research and entry. I have a couple co-interns that I work side by side with, sorry, but not necessarily as a team, just next to each other, literally. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) 
okay. One of them <laughs> sits right next to me, Joy. <laughs> Never does any work. She consistently comes in several minutes late every day, then takes her time booting up her computer and playing on her phone. Throughout the workday, she's constantly texting or browsing the web. I know it's none of my business and it doesn't affect look in my work at all, but it's really frustrating when our supervisor doesn't notice and there are no consequences to her action. It's hard to stay motivated and get my work done while my neighbor slacks all the time. I don't want to come off as a snitch or a nagger, but what should I do? How do you deal with workers who seem to get away with slacking off? Thank you. Oh, girl. Mind your business, oh, girl. girl. Mind your business. Oh, gosh, girl. This, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah. You, I mean, you said it, and I feel like you know what we would say because yeah, you said cause it. Yeah, because you spread yourself here. <laughs> it got nothing to do with you. Um, and, yeah, like, I know it could be frustrating mm-hmm. being in a space, but welcome to the workforce. Yeah. There are people who do nothing and get promoted every year, Listen, okay? and the rules <laughs> of the playground stay with you throughout life. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes mm-hmm. a snitch. <laughs> Nobody likes <laughs> a snitch. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. <laughs> All right, Courtney. That's, that's what we're not doing on today. <laughs> no, but, but okay, but, but seriously, seriously, in all seriousness, you will never stop encountering people who do nothing at work and still somehow get ahead. Yeah. It got nothing to do with you. Unless it does start to impact you or your work or these are team members that you have to partner with, I will mind your business. Yeah, because, I mean, really, you said, like, and this is a good lesson, though, because what other people do should not affect your motivation. Exactly. And not, it should not affect your work ethic. Like, exactly. it doesn't matter. And you're getting in the space where now these little things are kind of triggering you and making you upset, and you're looking for validation from your supervisor, and your Ooh, supervisor's not noticing it. this is the universe coming up with a lesson for you, yes. girl. Yes, listen, a lot of times you won't see, you know— you don't need to worry about it because that person, that'll catch up with them. That karma will catch up with them in their own time. Or maybe mm-hmm. it won't. And you might not be around to witness it. Yeah. <laughs> and you just got to deal with That's that. Real. So I would not be concerned with somebody else's lack yeah. of pro- productivity because at this point, it's affecting yours as well. Yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. That's small stuff. So we have a real treat for y'all today. We are joined by Jana DeSante, who's a human resources executive, uh, whose mission is really to build confidence in people of color at workplaces everywhere. And she wrote a really great article that caught our attention, which is why we had her on this episode, called Returning to Work After Tragic Events. And she wrote that for This Afropolitan Life. Mm -hmm. So, Jana, welcome. Welcome, Janet. Thank you. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm a huge fan of yours. Yes, yes, the feeling is definitely mutual. Um, but, you know, we were reading that article and it lined up perfectly with the discussion that we're having today just around how to take care of yourself, how to navigate all of the complexities of what's going on in the world at work specifically. And as a human resources professional with all of these years of experience, um, we just wanted you to kind of talk a little bit about how you approach that. Yeah, because I know in our group chats this mm-hmm. week, there's been some debate over, like, whether should I bring this up at work? Should I not? I know I'm of the school where I just, like, kind of want to keep my head low and, like, mm-hmm. get to 5 o'clock. But I know that's not always the healthiest, you know, mode to go with. So we'd love to have your feedback on navigating that space. Yeah, I definitely think it's a really good topic to discuss. I know a lot of my friends and colleagues were 
last week was really dicey for some people. So I'm really glad you guys are having this discussion. It's a really good discussion to have. Um, so, you know, in general, most national global strategies are very easy for people to galvanize around, mm -hmm. such as Hurricane Sandy or the Paris bombing one and the latest one that just happened, or when Boko Haram kidnapped the 200 girls. It's easy to be by the water cooler and say, you know, your sentiment about that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. there, there's no, that's safe. But then there's some things that are just a bit dicey. There's have some political elements or some racial themes mm -hmm. associated with them. And that's what gets us a little bit feeling a bit icky and scary about discussing that with colleagues because we're just we're just not sure where they land on the issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the Charleston shooting last year and that was in the backdrop of the Confederate flag issue, whether it should mm. be you know, oh, yeah. what it meant, whether it's heritage or more racial and you just don't know where your coworkers' allegiance is on something like that, right? Yeah. So kind of sidestep it. I'm a schooler thought that you decide, right? You decide at the end of the day if you're comfortable, if your workplace has is safe places or who you're talking to. You know, mm. you might the CEO, you might be talking to a peer. I mean, there's different levels of who you're talking to, who you feel comfortable bringing that discussion up. Or they could just simply ask you, how was your weekend? And I know the weekend after Dallas and Minnesota and after Baton Rouge, there was a lot of emotions just on all sides. And so when those issues happen, if you walked in on Monday morning after that week, and someone's like, well, how was your weekend? You may have spent the weekend doing some self-care activities or spent the weekend just completely in bed, just just kind of upset or mm -hmm. you know, processing everything that had happened. And someone asks you how you're doing. Do you give them the typical standard, oh yeah, my weekend was great? Or do you say something to effect of, you know, this was a really tough weekend. I really had to spend some time decompressing because mm -hmm. The news was just really heavy on my heart for the families of Castile and Sterling, or it was heavy on my heart for in the Dallas shooting. Um, just a lot of pent up emotion about the entire thing. So, I mean, that's one way of going about it. Or the next way is to just completely say it was great and walk away. But I'm a fan of being authentic in the level that you feel comfortable with because when you're authentic at work people get to see a different side of you yeah leads to you being um your influence and your confidence and we're not robots that go to work with no feelings yeah right? um so it's really a good choice to always um level with people in the right way that you feel i love that recommendation because it's not necessarily trying to impose your perspectives on be or beliefs mm -hmm. on your colleagues um and so it kind of removes that pressure that fear of like am i being too i don't know militant in the workplace or am i just trying to impose my perspective and it just kind of like you said sheds light on the humanity and just kind of sympathizing with what's going on in the world yeah Right. And I also think that some of these issues that we're seeing is because both sides of the fence don't really understand who each other, like who we are mm. at home and personally in our beliefs and our just just who our being are being. And I think there's an opportunity to educate people when you really select the words you use to show your sense of what's happening and how you feel about it, your perspective. We are able to educate each other mm. uh, that whether stereotypes in the media or what you may perceive as who I am or my background is diametrically different from what you probably 
have seen or learned from others in your um, social circles. So I think it's an opportunity, it's a learning opportunity when we share a bit of ourselves. And I like that you say you can do it to your level of comfort. So for those who are comfortable being more vocal with how they feel, are there any like guidelines or just things to keep in mind when kind of sharing very political views in the workplace? I've seen recently in the last couple of weeks some corporations do, you know, employee town halls and have Mm -hmm. their executive leaders share just a note um, in solidarity. I've seen memos being sent out by some corporations. So if you're invited to those town halls that a company may put up, um, I recommend that you, if you feel comfortable, um, to actively engage and participate, right? So if the company is setting those things up, they really want to hear from people from all walks of life. So you want to participate, you want to talk about your perspective. But one of the things you want to do before you do that, you want to make sure you're well read on the core mm, issue of yeah. the issue, right? Hallelujah, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> because what happens is um, sometimes we let our emotions do the talking when mm. we're speaking about a topic that's very sensitive. And when you do that, um, you may say things that if you had to do it over again, you may not, you know, you may not do it over again. But if you're well read on the topic, you'll fall back on facts Mm and information, which will give you the confidence and the language to shape the conversation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because when we're at work, we want to be very pragmatic, logical, and thoughtful. And so one of the key things to do is rather than, you know, get all the information from social media, but really do your own research, do a Mm -hmm. lot of reading, um, figure out where some of the root causes so that um, when someone makes a general comment in a town hall and says, oh, don't, you know, blah, 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 how many cops get killed per year, or when they turn the facts around, yeah, you'll be ready to say, you know, actually the Washington Post just made, did an article yep. that stated these facts that were blank, 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 right. which allows you to show your colleagues that you're not coming from a place of emotion, yep. but coming from a place where you really rationalize these ideas and come to a conclusion that you think is very sound. And I really recommend that everyone check out your full article on this Afropolitan life because I like some of the examples you gave of templates for how to share your ideas. Yes. And it was really, my takeaway was that when you're talking about things to really have your facts together and then focus on your perspective, like how does it make you feel um, and making it more personal because it's not so much about attacking this other person or even like forcing them or persuading them. It's really just being honest about how How you feel in the workplace. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, Janet, thank you. This was incredible. If you want to stay connected with Janet, see more of the amazing work she's doing around the web, connect with her at notesfromhr.com where she blogs. She also blogs at at This Afropolitan Life Mm -hmm. um, and is working on a really incredible docu-series on first-generation Africans in America navigating career and more. Um, That's the Afrogen docu-series. So, Janet, thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. (laughs) 
All right, y'all. So this is the segment of the show, Hired and Fired, where we give our props to people in media, pop culture, general entertainment that are doing things that we really love, mm-hmm. admire, want to praise, or we fire and hand out termination papers yes. to people who aren't. So this is Hired and Fired. Courtney, you're up. Yes. And I'm shaking the table. Are okay, you? Okay, I'm hiring and I'm firing. You're hiring yes. and you're firing. There's in big the same, In the same day. Two for one. <laughs> Special. Okay, what is it? Facebook is fired. Aw. Facebook is fired. The whole thing? The whole the whole, the whole company? Oh, yes. okay. All gone. What happened? What happened is, um, in the wake, I, and this was such poor timing, because, you know, we're just in a sensitive position this week. Yeah. Um, the colored delegation. Yes. <laughs> so I don't the even know coalition. why they put this out. But they told the Wall Street Journal that the reason for their diversity issues was the pipeline, meaning that there just aren't any qualified candidates of color that have the skills that they need, and thus they can't hire anybody. Oh, really? That's what they, they said. They can't find anyone? They cannot find I'm anyone. I'm because who knows we interview how to work qualified a people of color every <laughs> no week one knows on this episode. It. Every single right. week. Um, we had so a Google appalled. panel. <laughs> 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 we had a panel. <laughs> but... You're fired. But Kaya Thomas came in here, undergraduate computer science student at Dartmouth College. Okay. She came with the clapback. She took the medium. And she just got her entire life. She says that there are thousands of other black and Latinos who graduate every year with computer science bachelor's degrees. Most of us don't get hired into the tech industry. She proceeds to give us a cute hyperlink to a USA Today Today article saying that... Mm -hmm. 2% 2% of workers at seven Silicon Valley companies that have released their staffing are black. 3% are Hispanic. Mm, but last that's year, crazy. 4.5% of bachelor's degrees in computer science and engineering from prestigious universities were African American. 6.5% mm. were Hispanic. So at come the very on. least, come on. the percentages yeah, should add up. Like, exactly. At the very least. So, Kaya says she's over it before she even started. Come on, citing facts and sources. This is what we're talking about. She cited facts. She came for their ping pong and beer culture. (laughs) (laughs) And then, basically, she told them, like, go to HBCUs, build relationships with minority campus organizations. Yes. And she said, and I quote, stop blaming us for not doing your job. Mm. And I lived message i live so i mean i think the big takeaway there um and it really again started a conversation online about this really debunking that whole pipeline excuse yeah and a lot of the issues arise because um these companies don't look at diverse schools they focus on top tier no and i'm a proponent of looking beyond hbcus that's an amazing start and i love well you know she did i like that she also said like look at campus organizations Organizations, at all schools because i went to rit a tech school and i could throw a dime in the air and it would drop on a person of color that yeah. is doing amazing stuff in tech. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so diverse schools, um, diverse experience. A lot of mm. these companies are just looking for if you work a at companies profile. like our company yeah. Yeah. or top companies. And then the network, like yep. again, that whole employee referral system. Yeah. We see that we are a very siloed country, mm. so the people you know tend to look like you. Exactly. So we all have to branch out. Exactly. And I love that she kind of made that call to arms and did not take that line down. All right, Kaya. Welcome on board. Yes. And bye, Facebook. <laughs> bye. All 
right. Now it's time for adulting. Adulting. This is when we share just, you know, little tidbits to help you on that journey to being a fully functional adult. Because mm-hmm. we're there, saints. Yep. We know it's hard. Yeah. Um, but I'm taking the reins today. Okay. So what is, how are you adulting? Adulting headshots. Professional True. headshots. So I'm talking about those shining images of your face on LinkedIn, on Facebook, whatever, your website portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm talking about just having a really great professional High resolution. Headshot. High resolution. Children. Headshot. No more are the days of the cropped Facebook photo yeah. with you and somebody's arm around you. Okay. That time you were dressed really nice at church. Yes. Like, no, don't do it. Don't do mm-mm. it. Um, but, you know, I know that sometimes the barrier to getting a great headshot is the cost. I would yeah. say if you are building a brand, which all of us should be doing as young professionals, but, you know, if you have a creative endeavor or whatever, make the investment. Uh, there's definitely a range of photographers you can find. Yeah, I was going to say if you want to try and save money, like get like a amateur or like a student photographer they're yes. always looking for ways to build their portfolio and they'll give you a great deal absolutely and if even that's still a barrier you can hook it up on your own mm-hmm. get you a high resolution camera somebody that has a great camera sometimes, natural light even a phone sometimes yes natural mm-hmm. light don't be afraid to show your personality feel free to like if you're an artist or creative you know Take shots in your space, in your studio. Mm-hmm. Go outside. Sit yeah. on a bench. Do some of those oh, fun honey, power poses. I took a fabulous headshot for my boyfriend on a brownstone street. Yes. The, you the episode say, artwork. Yes. yes. You cannot tell me yes. I didn't do that. Yes, exactly. Fabulous. So it does not have to be cost prohibitive. Um, you can definitely get creative and have fun with it. But, you know, we were adulting, so we got to get rid of those Facebook yeah. profile pictures from 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> This is fun. Yes. Heavy topics, but I think some good takeaways. Really good perspective. Some good thought starters for me as well as I voyage into this next week in the corporate world with all of these thoughts on my head and my heart. Yes. Um, So thank you so much to everyone who contributed from Janet, notes from Mm HR.com, to Melissa Kimball of BlackCreatives.com, and our buddy Jeremy Williams. Thank y'all so much for contributing to the dialogue today. And what's upcoming? We have some stuff coming up. Yeah, so I'll be speaking at the Young Professionals Brunch Series at Temple University on September 10th. Um, I'm going to be speaking in the morning. It's a session on slaying your interview. Love. Y'all sign up, get some tickets if you're in the Philly area. It's going to be some really great networking with amazing millennial women who are just slaying it in the workforce. So love love to meet y'all there. And if you love the show, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Yes. We love the stars. Helps boost us us and also make sure the show gets to other people who need to hear the message as well. Don't Mm -hmm. be selfish. (laughs) If you want more, as always, check out our amazing articles. We've got tips on building cover letters to relationships to everything else on joblogs.com. You can always connect with Court or I at Joblog on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. Shoot us a note. Let us know your thoughts. Y'all don't have to wait till Mondays to talk with us. We're, we're always around. Yeah, and we're around on the web. I'm Cleave Out Loud on most things. <laughs> and I'm Hamas Parker. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 